man, repo man. What organ do you think you would have to put on layaway? The heart. <laughs> have you met me? 100%. Lots of fatty yeah, food. I feel like we would both need hearts and stomachs. <laughs> Maybe even lungs. I would like to put in a request for a new brain, personally. <laughs> like You think? Yeah. I saw a video of carpet cleaning the other day, and I'm like, I want them to do that to my brain. I know. <laughs> Where they're know squeegeeing I mean? all the moisture out. Yep. <laughs> Just dry my brain, please. Welcome back to Gigging and Streaming, where Carrie Ann just loves to push my buttons! I'm the button pusher. Yes, you are. <laughs> and this week we are covering the 2008 science fiction fantasy horror <laughs> rock opera Ross is shaking. Get to the point. <laughs> Taking too long, just like this movie. <laughs> Repo, the genetic opera. Welcome to my final choice for birthday month. And hallelujah. <laughs> I can't wait to see what next year has in store. <laughs> we might not even do birthday month next year, given <laughs> the possibilities. I know that I have put you through a lot this month. You have. And for those other less than perfect choices, I had some BS prepared to validate my love for these things. Uh, that's not the case this week. I have nothing to say for myself you don't. this week. You don't. I don't. I don't have any defense. When Mare was watching this with me, I said, you know, th this is more of a cult following, an extremely cult following. <laughs> and I said, you know who was a member of that cult? My sister. Absolutely. It is a gothy, gory rock opera. Before we get started, guys, don't forget, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, <laughs> Go leave us a review. Share us with someone you like. Yeah, tell Carrie about your disdain for her choices. That's fine. You know what? Come for me. I don't care. <laughs> you know what? And I'll invite you to do the same to me when you find my selections boring next month, folks. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Before we get started, just a teeny tiny trigger warning, I think. Because this no, is... No, I don't know how... I don't think it's that teeny. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I think it's pretty evident. Yeah, no. <laughs> this content is rather gruesome, and you're going to be hearing us describe some very graphic violence in some of these scenes. There's disease, violence, sexual tension. We may also laugh about it sometimes, so if you don't want to mess with this, I totally understand. Like, go listen to the Hook episode or something. Yeah, go listen... Or, or, or Slither. Or Slither. <laughs> yeah, Slither's a little... As a matter of fact, no, if you're... A if you're at the Slither episode, come back. <laughs> Don't go there. You are so funny, though. Oh, my God. Oh, it was funny. Pushing my buttons. <laughs> buttons pushed. All right, well, I'm ready to push them some more, so let's get started. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. But Geneco was there to satisfy the demand for organ replacements. The problem is, if you miss a payment, Geneco sends out the Repo Man. And when he finds you, your time is up. Collect on the handle. 
months. His payment is past due. Everybody, everybody, oh yeah. Stand up. <laughs> people, people, people. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Darren Bowsman. I was unaware. He directed all of the first three saws. Oh, really? Yeah, so I can see where his flair is coming from. Well, this is from the same company that produced Saw. This is Lionsgate. This is Twisted Pictures. This is all of the gore you can stand on a brilliant bloom filter. You want to talk about the idea for a minute? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so apparently in the late 90s, apparently he had this friend who was like, you know, in real financial hardship health problems getting his shits repossessed yeah filing for bankruptcy and like you know that really makes you think you know if you can't afford something fuck you i that's the american way i have a fictionalization of that moment in my mind it's literally like they're taking his couch away they're taking his stereo away and he like he's looking at the repo guys and he pulls up his sleeve and goes just take it out of my body man yeah just take my blood take my life why don't you and then him going that is a fantastic idea. <laughs> so he begins this collaboration with, oh God. I don't know how to say his last name. Terrence. Hold on. There's pronunciation notes in Wikipedia. <laughs> Zdunit. Zdunik. Zdunich. Zdunich. Terrence Zdunich. And so they, you know, they kind of put together this, you know, one act stage spectacular thing. And then, you know, after it had like minimal success, they turned it into a full-blown stage musical they even did a little short film about it yeah and you know they've created this dystopian future in which there is an epidemic of organ failure and it's like (laughs) it's like all italian themed dystopia with like operatic overtones and gothic vibes and death it's it's like poe meets bowie meets meets pablo picasso yeah 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 thank you thank you and you know the score the score is questionable to me (laughs) but you know some of the songs I kind of vibe with. Like, it's not, like, all bad. It's just mostly bad. We're not going to talk about every single track in this show. No, we're not. No, we're absolutely not. (laughs) Every single line is sung through. The original show had, like, in excess of 60 numbers, which was whittled down to, like, 50 for this movie. We're going to be talking about maybe 18 of them. You're making my ass leave. I know. Oh I my know. God. But we are going to talk about some of our favorites. And I just, I, I can't, I don't know how to explain to you guys that I'm going to be a little insufferable because I don't know what it is about this music. It, I hear it and it makes me grow jet black bangs that cover one eye and I suddenly have a desire to get my eyebrow pierced. Oh, cries. Like, I don't, I can't explain it. it just, Carrie's gonna regress about 15 years. It's gonna be fun. Stick around. So, we've got names. Alexa Vega <laughs> making her second kicking and streaming appearance. She was in Twister. She was Little Joe in Twister. And you also know her from Spy Kids. Which we haven't done yet. I know. I'm it, like, can you believe? It's a crime. I know. It's a family movie. Maybe we'll do it in November. We'll be getting there. And I just want to say, Carmen Cortez is the best thing she's ever done. We also have, oh my God, Paul Sorvino. 
first time I ever saw him in anything was Law and Order. He was on Law and Order for like a season and a half, I think. Yeah. You probably know him from Goodfellas. Yep. He's in the Hey Arnold movie. He was in the Hey Arnold movie? Yeah, he was the voice of the big bad CEO guy. He was in that really bad Baz Luhrmann adaptation of Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo yes. DiCaprio. He was Capulet. Yes. He, he was Lord Capulet. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um, we've got Anthony Stewart head, guys. Oh my god. Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is here. That show was on for six years? Yes. Oh my god. It was a good show. He's also Pendragon from Merlin. I, yeah, I know. I oh know. yeah, and he was the PM on Little Britain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He's also in another favorite movie of yours. Oh. The Iron Lady. <laughs> I Carrie, you just blew my mind. <laughs> He's Jeffrey Howe. Yes. <laughs> you guys are you guys are gonna figure out next month why I'm wild about this. But... <laughs> it is him. Yes. Yes. Have I? I have <laughs> never put that together in my life because you watched this movie once and then totally forgot about it. Yeah, and then I've watched The Iron Lady a thousand times. <laughs> He's the deputy prime minister in Iron Lady. He's got like his fingers in his eyes. He can't believe it. <laughs> it's like he's like I, I can see him clearly in my mind from the Iron Lady, and then I'm like, oh my god, it is the same guy. We have classic, timeless soprano Sarah Brightman. I know you love Sarah Brightman. She's the best part about this for me. I know. Quite honestly, she originated the role. She first came to fame originating the role of Jemima in the London, original London production of Cats. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, she became his new muse. <laughs> and she, he put her in the original cast of The Phantom of the Opera as Christine Daae. She's really just here to upstage everybody else. I mean, really, she's perfect. We have guys. Paris Hilton. <laughs> she plays a very spoiled, rich child. She's playing herself. She's playing herself as she were living in this dystopian repo society. And she's already comfortable behaving that way in front of a camera. So it she really is kind of perfect for it in a way. But like at the same time, she's just, I don't know. She's bad. <laughs> she, she, she can't act. Okay, I'm just gonna get this out of the way. When you let, when you sit people in a room and let them make decisions, you are asking for it. <laughs> oh no. Is this gonna be about the budget? $8.5 million budget. First of all, how did they get that endowment in the first place? Second of all, they had that saw money. They had, it was that good production design, I'm telling you. Yeah. They were, and, and then the acting was just awful. <laughs> Stop. It could have been great. The staging was perfect. The acting, terrible. And, Repo, the genetic opera, made $188,000. <laughs> they didn't break a They lost $8.3 million. That is $8.3 million. Million! <laughs> With an M. That's just gone. <laughs> I'm yelling. You are I'm, yelling. I'm sorry I'm yelling. I'm sorry I've yelled at you this month. It's okay. Uh, you can yell at me next month. I've put you through some shit. And I'm going to put you through some shit. So you can yell at me and poke holes in all of my favorite plots. All right. Absolutely. It's a deal. Okay. This movie opens with a bunch of comic panels that are going to give us the setup for the film. And of course, none of it's in voiceover. So we're just going to have to give it to you with that sick guitar riff playing underneath us. 
that's the exposition dump. Watching this at 12 versus watching this now, it's very different. Yeah. The world has changed since I was 12. When it comes up next, it goes, an epidemic of organ failure. And I was like, oh, <laughs> millions die. Oh. oh, chaos. And I was like, yeah. oh, God, it's too real. Turn it off. <laughs> Big ol' yikes. Out of tragedy, though, a savior emerges. <laughs> Who's that savior, Carrie? That is Roddy Largo. He is the head of Gene Co. He runs the world. He does. In this dystopian future, he's the most powerful man in the world. He found the demand and brought the supply. They finance organs to people who can't afford transplants. Yeah. And <laughs> if you can't afford this, fuck you. Exactly. Playing off that idea. It gets to the point where he has reached Bezos proportions of wealth and control and influence. Because millions of people are just dying from organ failure. Random organ failure. The streets are full of dead bodies. And he is giving them the organs that save lives. The Largos become tastemakers in the community. Surgery becomes a fashion statement. It's so, it's so bizarre. It's so gross. Like getting operated on is now a fashion statement. Like it's not just vital organs, but you can get things like a new face or cybernetic enhancements for your body. Yep. And, and so it is just out of control, dystopian chaos. And as more people get surgeries to stay in vogue, we also have to come up with a painkiller that will allow them to continue to function in life. And Jinko's got the answer for that, too. Zydrate. Zydrate. It's this gooey blue... Highly addictive. Highly addictive goo that you just injected in your body and it's like you never had surgery at all. Jinko developed it to be anesthetic. Yeah. Very powerful anesthetic. That makes the process virtually painless. And if you you can like rent these organs, and if you can't pay the Largos in the time you're supposed to, well. They pass a law in Congress that makes it legal for Jinko to send a repo man to your location. And there's no operating table. There's no anesthetic. He just cuts it from your body. And you die. You definitely die. And it's very ghoulish. You know, if you want to turn it off, guys, I don't blame you. It's a gothy, gory rock opera. That's what we're doing today. Come I... back next week. We're going to be doing a British comedy, okay? So just come back next week. When we open up with Grave Robber, played by Terrence Zdunik. <laughs> Out from the night, from the mist, steps the figure. No one really knows his name for sure. He stands at six foot six, head and shoulders. Gray, he never comes knocking at your door. Say that you once bought a heart or new corneas, but somehow never managed to square away your debts. He won't bother to write or to phone you. He'll just rip the still beating heart from your chest. I love him um, in this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you? Um... I said grave robber is hot, and so is Terrence Dudnick. <laughs> I love his grave robber look. He's very pale. He's got long blonde hair, and he's got Jokerish vibes. He does, you but know, it's not like. The, you know, it's not like, oh, it's Joker, you know, like it's he's his own. And this concept of the grave robbers, you know, they're the ones that prowl the cemeteries and the morgues and they extract the leftover Zydrate from corpses and sell it for cheaper on the black market. 
like it's all ugly and everything but it's also kind of brilliant and people get addicted to it it's like their heroine <laughs> and he's like our he's kind of like our narrator slash guide our chorus our greek chorus exactly even when he opens up in those first lines of like i'm getting lloyd webber vibes <laughs> yes like, is this monk strap in the beginning of cats <laughs> exactly like that's what it sounds like to me when we finally get dropped into the plot we're in this city that's on an island which makes me think it used to be New York City. Guess who has the tallest skyscraper? <laughs> Gene Co. Gene Co. It is perpetual nighttime in this city. I know. It's never day. <laughs> Not a single scene takes place in the daylight. It's that kind of dystopian dark. It's very operatic Roman dystopian renaissance vibes. Everything is a blue or a gray or a black, and everything is super fake looking. As we're panning over the city, and we, I, you can hear stuff in the background because of the gigantic floating billboards that are bigger than city blocks. Uh, yeah. And, like, you hear, it, I, I love that it says, it's like, vote no on Prop 598, keep rip, repossession legal. Ooh. And so these people are literally advocating to keep the repo man in work. Murder. Legal murder. Because everything is about Jinko. Yeah. Their entire civilization worships Jinko. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys. Imagine if Bezos got into healthcare. The overall aesthetic of this place is kind of like Mad Max meets the Hunger Games. Yeah. We've got middle to lower class people in varying levels of street dress and ripped lingerie. While the wealthy are usually wearing these out-of-control, effy trinket cosplay outfits. Roddy's henchwomen can have me. Oh, yeah, his bodyguards? Yeah. That are in the fishnets and the shorts yeah. and the suit jackets? Yes, please take me. Guard me from Roddy. They have AKs <laughs> the size of a horse in their arms. We're in the Co. headquarters in Roddy Largo's office, and we're formally introduced to the Largo family. They're so weird. I know. The, the, the Largos are fucking weird. As you can imagine, Roddy doesn't want to leave the corporation to any of them because they're all freaks and weirdos. And he has to think about who's going to get the company now because he's getting some very unfortunate news. This doctor that comes in to tell him that he is terminally ill. Yeah. We don't know what he's dying from. Yeah, we never get it. You don't have much time. It's spreading rapidly. blow that doctor away yeah they just kill him yeah just for, for bringing for being the messenger they shot the messenger <laughs> like, they literally just killed him because he told him he was gonna die this takes us into our first big song things you see in a graveyard maggots vermin you want the world for nothing commence your groveling roti your king is dying even Roti Largo cannot prevent this passing. Who will inherit Jinko or keep those vultures guessing? While he's ranting, we also get introduced to Shiloh Wallace, played by Alexa Vega. She is a 17-year-old girl with a rare blood disease. She spends most of her life living like the boy in the plastic bubble. In isolation, away from the outside world. She's a spooky sort. Yeah. With all her black clothes and hair and jewelry. And for fun, she likes to sneak out of her house and visit her late mother's grave. That's like, I said, this is so goth. That's exactly. I was like, she just wants to read by her mother's tomb. Sue her. 
Exactly. Like, no, let her be her. Hug off. <laughs> she also collects bugs for fun, and it's on this outing to her mother's crypt that she chases the bug out into the graveyard. But she encounters grave robber <laughs> grave robber's just doing his grave robin thing he's minding his own business he doesn't care that she can see him he's like what is she gonna do he starts with this riff where he's literally just ripping humanity apart oh i love it yeah and where he's like talking about all of humanity's economic failures and how they've gotten to where they are and, and it's a little too real because you i see us on those paths i know you know and it's like oh god this is 21st Century Cure. It's the 21st Century Cure. And it's my job to steal and rob. It all ends with Grave Robber running from the cops because he can't stop sing screaming into the air. So they bust up in a mass grave. Yeah. And like the police come in there to get him and they snatch Shiloh and she just starts to pass out from fear. Why are there floodlights in the mass grave? I don't know, honey. Because... It's probably to look for grave robbers. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> let's make one thing clear about the grave robbers. There are signs all over this city. Grave robbers must be executed on site. They're not messing around. Gene Cove controls the police by <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. And they don't want you sucking up their excess zydrate. Yeah. They're like, I don't care if they put it in their body. It still belongs to Gene Co. Oh, that's the same whole... Th same thing with the organs. That's the whole attitude. Mm -hmm. When Shiloh comes to, she's in her bedroom. And we meet her father, Nathan Wallace, played by Anthony Stewart. He... Very Italian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He is a doctor, and he is her sole caregiver. He's a single father. The blood disease that took your dear mother from us Passed from her and into your veins I'd be lost if I would lose you I will stop at nothing to keep you safe Nathan is role protective of Shiloh. Yeah, because he lost her mother to the same blood disease that she has now. Mm -hmm. So he's super... <laughs> well... We'll get there. We'll get there. He's super invested in keeping her safe. She's a prisoner in that room. He she... will not let her go outside. Yeah, he locks her in there. Nathan's currently trying to develop a cure for the blood disease. And this takes us into one of my least favorite songs, Infected. I hate this song. It makes me dry heave with all the angst. Yeah, but like, at the same time, I like the message. Yeah, she's lamenting her Rapunzel-like existence. Because like, unfortunately enough, in humanity, we do pass things on to our children, and you can't always help it. Sometimes you just resent what your parents gave you. Yeah. Whether, whether it's heart disease or diabetes or mental illness. Mine's my tits, quite honestly. <laughs> I'm infected by your genetic. I wrote, she's pretty bad. Oh, Alexa Vega. And her singing is just not, why do you think they canceled Ruby and the Rock? <laughs> 
it was not a good premise. Like, I don't understand how when casting her for Ruby and the Rockets, they didn't see Repo. It's like they it's like they were just like, we didn't see what is this? <laughs> we didn't see this. We're canceling. <laughs> Like she's just she's she's an okay singer. She's not the strongest singer. Yeah, no, I'm just we're we're really giving her a hard time. It's just it's not fantastic. When we pan out away from the house, my only thought is, hmm, nice house. <laughs> Profession's lucrative, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shiloh thinks he's a doctor. Shiloh does think that her dad's a doctor, but we will get there. <laughs> um. This takes us into legal assassin. So we get another fun little comic strip. Beep, beep, the exposition dump. It's uh, Nathan's story. Tell us about Nathan's story. 17 years ago, Nathan and Marnie had a perfect life <laughs> until Marnie got sick. Uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, no! So he tries forever to try and cure her. She's carrying his child. That she, would be Shiloh. She's like nine months pregnant. Yeah, and so he tries to devise this cure for her, gives it to her, and she just begins to die. He it kills her, basically. And he just, he has to decide, who's he going to save, Marnie or the baby? And he picks Shiloh. He picks the baby. Obviously. Yeah. Years roll by without you, Marnie. Seventeen have come and gone. I raised our Shiloh with the best intentions. But there is something I can tell her I'm lost without you here I am only living out a lie I love the portraits. Oh, yeah, that's, I, that's the next thing I have in my notes. I'm like... The, the, the holographic portraits all along their walls. It's so... It's creepy! It's kind of just Baroque. He's like singing to this hologram of his dead wife, and it's just... It looks like something out of a haunted house. I mean, she looks like she's there. I know. It's, it's freaky. And I wrote, you know, his voice is great. Yeah. He does have a good voice. I mean, it's it's not an opera voice. It's not. No, this is the rock part. This is... He's bringing the rock... And Paul Sorvino and Sarah Brightman bring the opera. Yeah, just call it whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I am sexually attracted to his voice. The filter on everything. Oh, the bloom filter is out of control. Like this, this sepia shit. <laughs> like I, I was, I wiped my eyes. Everything is so overexposed. Like I literally wiped my eyes because I thought I had boogies. <laughs> nope, that's the filter. <laughs> so Ross, let's just come out with it. What is Nathan's lie? He's the fucking Repo Man. Yeah, Shiloh thinks he's a doctor who spends his day saving lives. He has a cellar clinic. Yeah, a cell, like a, ba a basement laboratory. He literally goes into the front room, opens up the fireplace, <laughs> and there's a torture chamber down there. Oh my god! It's oh. where he does his work. Oh. If he's not catching them out and about. He's actually a Repo Man for Gene Co. because Roddy made the police go away when they found out he accidentally killed his wife. Mm -hmm. So Roddy fixed that for him and now he mules for Gene Co. Yeah. Nathan is a personality disorder. Oh yeah, this whole existence that he has now has this Jekyll Hyde effect on him. You know, in the one moment he's perfectly lucid and he's the caring father and in the next breath, he is a homicidal maniac. I mean, if I accidentally killed you, I'd be committed. I, right? No, I get it. You know? The grief would make you crazy. And I love Anthony Stewart Head because he can go from these flowery vocals to, like, 
growly, gravelly, terrifying stuff. I don't know how he didn't get nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I just, I love it, though. I am the monster. I am the villain. What perfection. What precision. Keen incisions. I deliver unscathed organs. I deliver repossessions. I deliver. I am the repo legal Oh my god. Okay. The Largo siblings are fucked up. Oh yeah, we've now arrived at Mark It Up. I'm inclined to skip this number because it's mostly just the Largo siblings showing us how horrible they are. Like it's literally, it's mostly about sex and overcharging people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, when you get right down These to it. These fucking sadists. Where the fuck is dad brothers? He left me in charge, sister. I don't take lip from my slut. My brother and sister should Potty, fuck. shut the fuck up. The vocals for this song are pretty bad, and the lyrics are pretty gross. Can we talk about why each one of them is a disgrace to Roddy? Yes, let's talk about it. So Luigi is a disgrace to Roddy because he keeps just openly murdering people out of rage, mostly women. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps getting photographed doing it. What an idiot! But nothing happens to him because he's a member of the Largo family. They literally have photos of him and they can't prosecute him. Yeah. Like, Luigi just stabs that one Gentern. Yeah. Like, just murders her because for- he, Because she bumped into him. I know! So then we have Amber. She's the middle one. She is a disgrace to Roddy because she's addicted to Zydrate and she's in the street all the time scoring Zydrate. She is a blight on him because she's on the cover of everything. She's always changing her appearance. And like, it's kind of embarrassing. She's just getting all of this done for free. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> for fucking free. And then we have Pavi. He's a narcissist. Pavi's a creep. He steals women's faces to wear as his own. And it's, he thinks he's the sexiest. I know. It's all bad. It's all bad. They're all just grotesque psychopaths. You wait. Time, time will, will tell. Bobby's face will woo them all when I inherit Bobby's stuff. Take dad's will and write you, you out. Take my, my cup my and mark it up. Mark it up. Mark it up. Shiloh gets a message from Roddy stating that he's an old friend. Like, hi, I'm a creepy old guy reaching out to you. Hi, I'm the leader of the world. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of me. Maybe you've heard of me. And he's like, I used to know your mother. And I would really like to meet you and help you find a cure for your blood disease. And she's like, well, hot diggity dang. <laughs> Beats being angsty in my bedroom every night. We get another exposition dump. Roddy's story. Beep, beep, beep. 17 years ago. <laughs> Here we go again. Roddy and Marnie had a perfect life. Scandal, guys! That's where I went, oh my god, Marnie, you bad girl! <laughs> and Roddy and Marnie had a perfect life together until Marnie met Nathan. Oh my god! And so um, Nathan steals Marnie away, or at least that's how Roddy sees it. They get married. Roddy decides, I didn't like that. <laughs> oh no. That hurt me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put poison in your cure, Nathan, and then you're going to give it to Marnie. Oh, 
My legacy is too great to throw away on grace. Nathan Wallace had potential. Till he stole my money away. In denial, Nathan blamed himself for Marnie's sudden death and never once thought to suspect the man who wrote his checks, I guess. I'll take it to my guest. <laughs> That's fucked up. It is! Oh my god, and so Roddy is the reason Marnie is dead! So I guess Roddy kind of wants to make Shiloh the poster child for Gene Co. He doesn't want to leave this company to his rotten kids! Yeah, because they're all literally psychos. And the way he sees it, Shiloh could have been his. Should have been his. Shiloh, thanks for coming. It's nice to see young talent blooming. My kids have been, well, disappointing. I'm Roti Largo. I know. This is where Paul Servino really turns on the operatic vibrato. <laughs> I own Jinko. I wanted to... <laughs> like that whole scene in the limo? Yeah. Where he's just singing to her very slowly in <laughs> opera? Yeah. And I'm like, fucking get to the point. <laughs> He wants to leave Jinko to her, but he's not going to be upfront with her about it. Instead, he's going to lure her in by promising a cure for her disease. He is just so creepy and weird, and I don't know why she thought it was a good idea to get in his limo. Being a woman is a thankless job. You are right. Speaking of thankless jobs. We are on to another favorite song of mine. Guess what it's called. It's a thankless job, but somebody's got to do it. He's got this defaulted organ recipient on his table, and there's something about this that's not all business. Like, he's enjoying this. Oh no, yeah. He's dealing with his pain by causing pain. When he's done disemboweling this man, he sticks his hand in his body cavity and starts puppeting him like a ventriloquist dummy. I laughed. I laughed hard. <laughs> oh my god! Because I just couldn't take it. I was <laughs> like, I can't do anything but giggle at this. It's a thankless job! But somebody's got to do it! Got to do it? Like a mop! Like a mop! And a boo! And a boo! No one wants a thankless job! I love it. That song ends and there's this moment where you can see him turn back into Nathan. He he looks at where his hand's at and he's like, oh, I, I was gone for a second. So we're going to the Italian-inspired Renaissance Fair? Yeah, it's like a body modification festival with a Renaissance Italian theme. In Sanitarian Square. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roddy is introducing Shiloh to Blind Mag. And Mag is famous because she has these cyber... Cybernetic. I almost said cyber savvy. <laughs> she has these cyber savvy eyeballs that were given to her by Jean Co. Hi, I'm Blind Mag. Your treasured memories don't have to fade with time. Announcing Jean Co's Cornea Plus. Jean Co's breakthrough optical technology where everything is digitally recorded so you can relive your favorite memories again and again. I wrote, I love Sarah Brightman. No matter how much she chooses to embarrass herself, <laughs> I will always love her. Sarah Brightman's finally here, guys. When she's first talking to her, there's these series of, like, 
long stare shots on Blind Mag, and I think it's to really get you to get acquainted with her eyes. No, because they, yeah, they want you to look at her eyes. They're very hypnotic and very scary. I love it. Like it's it like, and it's like every three seconds it goes back to Blind Mag, just bl- <laughs> just blankly staring at Shiloh. I hate that they call her Blind Mag. Just call her Mag. She can see. Yeah, she has the eyes for a reason. Roddy tells Shiloh that Mag and Marnie were best friends. Guess what? What? We have another comic strip. Oh yeah, we have another <laughs> beep beep. Here comes the exposition dump. Okay, so guess what? What? Seventeen years ago. <laughs> Marnie and Mag are best friends. And I'm just like, Marnie, you dog. <laughs> here's, all, here's all I'll say. Marnie and Mag were intimate. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Absolutely. I, I, I get behind that canon. I get behind that. So Mag's not doing so well in the area of ophthalmological health. Yeah, I don't know if she's been blind since birth or if this is something that has recently developed. But it's all good. It's cool because Marnie has a new boyfriend with more money than God. Apparently. So Roddy develops these cybernetic eyes and Mag can suddenly see again. Here's the thing. Mag's eyes belong to Jinko. They basically own her now. They're, 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 she's like their songbird. She's their singing spokesperson. Yeah. And like Mag wants to quit singing, but that puts her in a bit of a pickle. Bless her soul. Um, Why aren't you wearing a mask? I love this next part. <laughs> I love this next part because it's just kind of macabre and funny. Like Nathan is out on assignment. He's he's repossessing this guy's spine, which is already gross. And he gets <laughs> he gets a notification that Shiloh needs to take her medicine. And so he calls her on the Apple Watch or whatever the hell yep. that's supposed to be. Yep, it's an Apple Watch. What's that? What's what? That. Oh, that. My window, it's cracked. Then why aren't you wearing your mask? Should I head back? No, I'm fine. I can be there in no time. That won't be needed. But Shiloh. Your patience need you. Both of them are not where the other thinks they are. He thinks she's at home and she thinks he's working in a hospital. she's not supposed to be out and he's not supposed to be murdering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, who's that? Oh, that? One of my patients. He's sick. Cliff? It's looking grim. I should stay there for a while. I will rush home when I'm done. Take your time. Nothing's wrong. I love you, Father. Shiloh's like, shit, I gotta get home before he misses me. And all of a sudden, Grave Robber is here, probably looking for Zydrate to steal. This is like the second time he's seen her out in public, so he's like, fuck it. I'm gonna fuck with her. <laughs> yeah. She's my apprentice for the night. <laughs> he's, yeah, this is like a weird ride-along kind of situation, because she's like, can you help me get back home? I literally don't know where I am. He, he, yeah, she's like, can you help me get back home? And he's like, wanna do drugs? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, she's 17 years old! Because Zydrate must slap. Oh, I know. And this takes us into Zydrate Anatomy, my favorite song, y'all. This one's about the drugs. Just start playing it, you'll see why it's Carrie Ann's favorite. <laughs> This song is a little weird because this movie is full of juxtaposition of sex and violence. 
And this is one of the biggest culprits of that. Because there, Grave Robber takes her through this back alley where all of these dealers and sex workers are hanging out. All of the sex workers start pawing at Grave Robber because he's their dealer. Yeah. So he's like, he's a lot to them. And he just starts singing about Zydrate. Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? A little glass vial. And the little glass vial goes into the gun like a battery. And the Zydrate gun goes somewhere against your anatomy. And when the gun goes off, it sparks and you're ready for surgery. Surgery. This is where we learn a little bit more about Amber Sweet, a.k.a. Amber Largo, a.k.a. Paris Hilton, a.k.a. the weirdest casting choice I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so 17 years ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. Not no. another comic strip. <clears throat> Amber is supposed to perform at the opening of the new opera house, and she is a no-show because she's presumably somewhere else getting fucked up on Zydrate. She's high! She's high she, she is high in some backstreet. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother Grave robber Grave robber Oh, there's Amber. Do you hear these breathy vocals? Yep. Do, do they not annoy you to shit? I'm paying attention more to the bodyguards than anything. Oh yeah, they're clad in like those leather, like BDSM outfits. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> oh my god, Roz. Okay, the whole sequence where he, like, shoots her, literally shoots her up. Yeah. Amber, Grave Robber, shoots her up. And the whole um, trip sequence she goes on after that, with, with, the, with the dancing and the blood rain. And the moaning. And the moaning and the operation chair and the surgery and the skin flaps and the blood. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross and weird. It's like, this and is gross, but it's Amber's, supposed to be sexy. Amber's like, you know, I hate Mag. Mag is me. That's who I'm supposed to be. Amber is motivated for Mag to break her contract because she thinks when Mag is gone, she'll be the new voice of Jinko, which is just laughable. Mm -hmm. And so Roddy's people show up with guns to grab Amber. Like they're the, they're their own repo team. They're repossessing Amber. And Shiloh and Grave Robber escape on a garbage truck. And that's the end of that. It's actually not a garbage truck. It's not? What it's it? a corpse truck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're just chilling in the back with all the dead bodies. Thank you so much for reminding me. And so, guess who's paging Nathan? <laughs> it's Roddy. It's Roddy! Roddy calls Nathan to his office to give him a special assignment. Roddy says, Nathan, kill Mag. This is a job of special importance. It is involving a Gene Co. employee, a singer we all know. The husband's a Brano. Traded a Gene Co. Tonight is her last show. Nathan's like, my wife's best friend, you are out of your mind. This whole long drawn out number. Roddy takes Nathan by the shoulders and goes, remember who you are. And Mare turned right to me and went, Lion King. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this takes us into Night Surgeon. Yeah. I remember. This song is dope because 
we're actually getting into some deeper character stuff here. Like Nathan the father and the doctor versus Nathan the company killer. Yep. I was going to say company man, but company killer is more apt. And the whole song takes place in this meat locker, question mark? I don't even know. There's a guy there to get his organ repossessed and the Largo family. <laughs> he has an appointment. He came to get it removed. <laughs> You're gonna need to, he's surrendering. No! <laughs> they've kidnapped him, I'm sure. Yeah. But he's just strapped to a chair, and they're telling Nathan to cut him up. They're just circling like vultures. Yeah. It's horrifying. Fucking freaks. It's in this song that it becomes a little more clear that Nathan has to actually dissociate with himself in order to do repossessions. Like, that's kind of what we saw back in Thankless Job, right? We're actually hearing him transition from Nathan to Repo Man in the middle of a verse. I remember, I remember, I remember walking every victim with a cute procession. I remember every time I hold you, my born companion. I remember, I remember. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Oh, I said the contrast is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. After all of that, Nathan still refuses to repossess Mag's eyes, and Roddy decides he's going to kill him for it. Mag pulls up to Mar-a-Lago and... Mar-a-Lago. Mar- Mar-a-Lago. To Shiloh's house. Yeah, and I'm just like, Mag, sweet ride. <laughs> See that car? Yeah. It and it's was... being driven by Otto von Bismarck. <laughs> Wait, really? No. no. <laughs> oh, okay. He just looks like Otto von Bismarck. Okay, I'm sorry. The German. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. The German first Wait. minister from the 1880s. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, he's got those chops. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. This takes us into Chase the Morning. Finally, a Sarah Brightman song. This is my favorite. This is my favorite song. It's been 45 freaking minutes and she's just now singing. I know. It's a, it's a crime. Mag goes, into Shil- goes to Shiloh's house to visit her and casually inform her that she is her godmother. And yeah, your dad told me you totally died. Like, imagine being told, Ross, that Lana Del Rey was your godmother. I think I could die. <laughs> you think you could die? I, I think I think I could go. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song, kind of for your light my candle reasons. Like it's a con- yeah. It, it, it's an opera. But Same feeling. It's a conversation. Exactly. In you is a world of promise. We have both been kept in bondage, but you can learn from all my failures. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers or let them through the gate. That either. A big risk. A big fence. A mistake. A new friend. <laughs> find out that she has tv eyes tv eyes (laughs) oh yeah her cybernetic eyes don't just allow her to see but they also allow her to project her memories yeah she could show a movie if she wanted it's very black mirror like like download your favorite movie into mag's eyes and invite her over (laughs) she'll even accompany it it might even show up on (laughs) limewire God, LimeWire was still a thing when this came out. That's so weird. I downloaded this soundtrack from LimeWire. Like, this is also where I wrote, again, Mag was in love with Marnie. Like, you can't <laughs> convince me otherwise. Oh, no, yeah. she Her affection for Marnie is super strong. And I'm saying we have to reconsider they were just friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's home. So Nathan comes home and catches Mag in the house. And the two of them have it out. Because Nathan kept the fact that Shiloh survived from her. Didn't allow her to be a part of her life growing up. 
And Shiloh's like, Dad, duh. Dad, let her stay in here. No, she's leaving. Please hide her here. From what? She'll be dead. Look, I told her she was sick. Nathan, you were hurting me. Dad! My daughter needs a rest. I'll be fine. Hey. Shiloh, don't you fret. Repossessions are dangerous. If we don't hide her, the Repo Man's gonna come take her eyes. And he's just like, Shiloh, shut up. I am the Repo Man, but I can't tell you that. <laughs> That's his affect, yeah. He's Do you like, think I want to kill this woman? <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, she's just sick. Told you, told you she was fretfully ill. Nathan throws Mag out in the street anyway, and this is where Shiloh throws a literal headbanging fit. <laughs> You're already shaking your head. Do you not care for this song? It's bad. <laughs> it's kind of no, bad. Like, the, 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 you, you and I both know what the best part about this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there in we'll just a second. We'll get there in just a second. There's no sense in girlish dreaming. I'm just 17. 17. And it's better than 40. <laughs> come back up and all of a sudden she's got pink streaks in her hair black tank top jewelry the bedroom is suddenly an underground rock club yep i love there is a there is a mosh pit standing outside her bedroom door she's jumping around throwing a fit yelling at him about being a little rebel her her oh my god you know what my favorite detail is about this scene her stuffed animals are headbanging to her singing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is hilarious. Guess what else is in there? Joan Jett. Joan Jett. <laughs> Joan Jett. Literally Joan Jett. She makes a guitar she makes a cameo slash guitar solo in this song. And Mare said it and I wrote it down. Joan Jett is a lesbian. You mean that in the most affectionate and yes, complimentary there are way. Sapphic vibes behind those eyes. It, you mean it to be complimentary. There's a reason why everything is good in this world, folks, and it's because of the love of women. <laughs> it's very true. Like the love of women is the most powerful thing in the world. Like there's literally a sticker of two women kissing on her guitar. I know, I love it! 17 and you can't stop me 17 and you will boss me You cannot control me, father Daddy's girl's a fucking monster! That song ends with Nathan striking her. Oh yeah. And like, it's game over then. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and she just kind of passes out again. We cut to Roddy in his office. Putting, he's putting on his lace front. And Amber storms in with her face covered, screaming about how the surgeon botched her latest facial procedure. And her career is ruined. I'll never sing again. Good. Honey, Thank you. Bye-bye. Honey, you weren't doing that much singing before. Ugh. She's like, Daddy, fix it now. I want a golden goose right now. And Roddy's like, you know what, kid? You sure are an emotional and financial drain. All you ever do is take, take, take. All I ever do is give. That surgery was only 90 grand. I did not complain when you changed your name from Largo to Sweet. He's 
like, I did not complain when you changed your name. I'm sick of all of them. I know, I'm I know. I'm sick of the Trumps. <laughs> I'm sick of the Largo Trump family. <laughs> the Trump Largo. Trump Largo. Oh. Giovanni Trump Largo. <laughs> Good to meet you. Would you like to buy some organs or maybe some more money? I, I'm from New York, New Rochelle, but it's basically still New York. We're from Red Hook. You've been there? <laughs> Not by choice. Oh, don't go in the river. <laughs> Acid burns. God. Roddy turns her around, and the lower half of her face looks like it's been chemically burned. She looks like she's been stung. Oh. Like, I don't even know what even it is, but he's like, oh, shit, that is bad. Yeah, sure, sure. Here's some money. <laughs> Buy yourself a new face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I can't look at it anymore. Here's some money. Get rid of that. Get rid. <laughs> it's like that Futurama joke where Bender goes, is that vanishing cream? Because that needs to go away. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. And so... This, this takes us into gold. This song underscores Roddy's reflection on his life. There's it, too much Roddy. I, <laughs> I know, you hate Roddy. There's too That's much fine. Roddy. Like, he's reflecting on his life, his wealth, his children, and how, in the end, money cannot buy your way out of death. You should call it Roddy's shoddy opera. Sick burn. <laughs> Sick burn. Oh, boy. In bold letters. There's so many unnecessary numbers couched at the end of this thing. Play the bait. Shiloh's fate, but only if and will she appreciate that God, it makes the world go round. God, it makes the world go round. I have in bold letters, I can't believe I'm watching a good fella sing opera. Yeah. <laughs> It's Paul fucking Sorvino. But he also does a pretty good job. Yeah, he's very good. At the end of the song, he's having a new will drawn up that names Shiloh the owner of Jinko. Because that isn't supposed to be my daughter. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that is right. That she is mine. Oh, <laughs> livers and lugs and bladders and hearts. Nathan's putting Shiloh to bed, and he intercepts this message on the Apple Watch from Roddy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've got your cure. Come meet me at the opera. And this is where Nathan's like, okay. Okay, I see what's happening now. See you at the opera. <laughs> so Roddy thinks he can take Shiloh. Ah? Uh? Nothing Shiloh, nothing go to bed. Shiloh is beginning to wonder, gee, if he didn't tell me I had a godmother, what else is he not telling me? Uh, imagine! <laughs> oh, the things that will shock you. Roddy's car pulls up to pick Shiloh up for the opera, and she gets in, and Roddy has a dress for her that he wants her to wear. And I love the look on her face. It's like, of course, creepy old man wants me to wear something me, specific. I'm going to wear this fucking Beetlejuice Winona Ryder shit. <laughs> This dress is gorgeous, by the way, in like an Evanescence kind of way. It's like a jet black strapless corset with a tulle skirt. You know Evanescence? Yes. When did you meet Evan? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But um, that was awful. You can fire me if you it's want. It's fine. No, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> when Nathan realizes she's gone, he kind of devolves a little bit. Because he interprets that as her choosing Roddy over him. Yeah. This takes us into At the Opera Tonight. 
we won't spend too much time here. At the Opera tonight is a big preamble to the crazy bloodbath at the final act of the show, which is all going to take place at the Opera House. Mag is visiting Marnie's grave, getting mentally prepared for her last performance as the voice of Jean Co. Amber's also getting ready to perform because she's opening for Mag. Nathan is getting geared up to go exact his revenge on Roddy. And you can tell Roddy is setting up for some dramatic spectacle because he's sing-screaming about it. It's very phantom. I know! It's uh, the drama. I set the stage! We set the stage! And poor Shiloh is like, you know what? I would just like some autonomy, please. <laughs> Can I be my own person? I want to be a person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. That's all she wants. And we get this redundant little sequence where Grave Rob with Grave Robber where he's reading about the opera in the paper and like he's looking directly into the camera like what do y'all think's gonna happen? He's like, I promise you it's gonna be sick. Don't go away. <laughs> I think that's like the intermission. That's like what plays right How before could it possibly be the intermission? <laughs> We're so close to the end. I know, I know. <laughs> now we're at the opera everybody's walking in. I love this song. Do you love this song? No, Carrie. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to say that, but I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Like, it's a no it's keeping me from getting to the end of the movie. That's what it's doing. This song is called We Started This Opera Shit. <laughs> I love it. I hate this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this song is everyone coming in for the genetic opera. So every rich, batshit, crazy looking person from the city is here in their wigs and their headpieces. There's half naked women running around everywhere. The gen turns are dry humping on stage. Yeah, was that necessary? It wasn't, Ross. It absolutely was not. But sex sells surgery. Why can't it be men? <laughs> why can't it be like, men? Why, why can't we just let the women have the power and make the men objectified? I so feel you. They you... only get objectified like twice. <laughs> and uh, those poor gen turns get objectified every other scene. And murdered. Yeah. Objectified and murdered. Exactly. You, do you see any of the male henchmen getting murdered? No, I do not. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for pointing out that sexism. <laughs> Shout out to my buddy, Zach. I know you're listening and I know you love this shit. So I'm sorry. Are you talking about Zach Cass? Yes. That's uh, right. He was into this with you. Yeah. He super was into this. This was, this was your sophomore year? Yeah. In high school? Yeah. This song is half block party, half infomercial? Question mark? That honestly sounds great. Like, <laughs> at the same time. The beat is great, but there's also these extras breaking in to talk about how Gene Co. changed their lives. There's this one woman, this middle-aged blonde woman gets up there. I needed a kidney transplant desperately. Jinko showed this single mom sympathy. This makeover came for a small added fee. Now I look smashing on live TV. She 
opens her coat and flashes her bare mammaries to the entire crowd. <laughs> Yikes! Shiloh arrives backstage at the opera, and Roddy has left another cryptic message for her, but this one comes with video. All the technology in this stupid city, and we're watching Super 8? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, on an old projector? Yeah. Like, come on. There's so many LC- There's so This is the many, genetic opera. So many screens! Shiloh, you played it. You're close enough to taste it. You're cure, you're cure it waiting. There is but one thing pending, help us. Catch him. This former Jinko trainee who's lost his mind completely and managed to escape me. He tells her, catch this former Jinko employee who's lost his mind and you can have your cure. Find out your dad's the Repo Man. <laughs> yeah. And you can have your cure. No, that's what Roddy's gunning for. He's hoping to devastate Nathan by splitting them up and then ruining his life. Amber is up next in the set. Jesus. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you can't stand this. She's got a brand new face. Well. <laughs> and if that's what you want to call it. I got to tell you, the outfit she's in, this Marie Antoinette fit, mm -hmm. it almost makes me care about the song she's going to sing. Like, it would have been awful, but I kind of wanted to see it for the outfit. This face is peeling off of her head like she keeps pushing it back up she just needs to do the mrs doubtfire treatment <laughs> this is my nightly meringue mask part of my beauty richmond oh no dear i don't need a hand i need a face <laughs> <laughs> like it keeps slipping off her skull and like she... baloney off the wall it off her face her face falls off it lands on the stage ah sorry <laughs> you don't like that you don't <laughs> you don't like that we can see her uh, uh tissue can't yeah, do I, you i don't do tissue <laughs> <laughs> so she's laughed off stage that's a non-event thank you bye don't need you anymore mag is up next Ooh. i i mm. do you know anything about this song she sings i do actually because what language is it in it's in italian and the is, language of opera what is she's dressed up like black swan no yeah this outfit she is in the fit is exquisite she is it's sarah brightman it is yeah sarah brightman is in this black leather corset with black and red bird feathers along the bus line single layer black tulle skirt Black studded dog collar, black boots and tights, lashes for days. I want to be Sarah Brightman's friend so bad. Oh my god, she looks incredible. This song is called Chromagia. And she is being lowered from the grid on the stage on a wire. And she's dangling there over this black wrought iron fence, all this fake snow following. It's a great effect. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful mood. And she's singing. The, the, the very loose English translation of this song is it's about a bird who's excellent at flying away from danger. But why don't you ever face danger? Why don't you turn and look it in the eye? Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Things are making sense. 
I call this song Sarah Brightman shows off for three minutes. Yeah. She's just like like I got tired. <laughs> I got tired watching. Like something needs to happen, or I'm turning this off. Okay, now we have to talk about the terrible awful. Okay, so basically near the end of this song, you know, the whole time she's singing, we get several shots of Roddy, arms crossed, jowls down, he's pissed. <laughs> he's like, Stupid bitch. He's like, get the fuck off my stage. You're gonna be dead soon anyway. <laughs> and like he's so mad. And she you know, she catches his eye and she's like, you know what? Choke on a chode, money bags. <laughs> I would rather be blind yeah. than be indebted to you. attachments on her index fingers just pokes her own eyeballs out in front of everybody in euphoria oh my god she's so she feels free yeah yeah it's so it's so great and then roddy's literally just like stupid bitch and cuts the rope on her tether and she gets impaled on the wrought iron fence how dare you how dare you roddy rot roddy she gouges out her own cybernetic eyes it's so greek I can't get over it. The drama. <laughs> what? It's so Greek. It is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. <laughs> Roddy's like, no big deal, everyone. All part of the show. Everybody stay in your seats. Oh, my God. Nathan is creeping around backstage looking for Roddy, and Shiloh sees him. She doesn't know it's dad. She thinks he's a reap. She thinks he's the repo man from the footage. Yeah, they're the same person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But he's wearing that helmet, so she can't see that it's him. I don't know how. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite obviously his eyes. We're back to the Sailor Moon tiara. <laughs> suddenly unrecognizable. Shiloh clubs him in the head with a shovel. Oh. Knocks him to the ground. The helmet comes off. And her entire world comes crumbling down. This takes us into Let the Monster Rise. Is this like the third to last? It's Yeah, we're getting close to the end. Fuck! <laughs> this song has some tense energy because it starts out really slow and then it just gets angry all at once. Mm. Say you aren't that person, say it. I am, I am. Tell me how to act, Dad. What to say, Dad. Tell me why. All you've ever told me, every word is a Shiloh is at an 11. She's like, you're fucking dead to me. I don't even know who you are. You, you don't. And, and like, it's just within a few bars, Nathan completely loses it. It seems like he's talking to himself, but he's talking to the voices in his head. And they're like answering back. Have I failed my daughter? Then let the father Nathan follows Shiloh on stage. The curtain is drawn, so the audience can't see them. They're just behind the curtain. And this is the part of every opera where we get everybody on stage at the same time, and the drama peaks. And this is where Roddy starts explaining to anyone who can hear him 
that he is not leaving the company to his ungrateful children because he's t- even though I'm terminally ill. <laughs> like the big gasp. The curtain opens. Yeah. Everybody's like, I'm terminally ill. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> Old show's back. Right. Everybody get in your seat. Oh, shh. Sh- he's ill. <laughs> the Largos start surrounding Shiloh and her dad and start telling a lot of truths. And he's like, did you know he killed your mother? Did Roddy technically kill her mother? Yeah, Roddy did technically kill her mother. Yeah, isn't it Roddy's fault? It is Roddy's fault. Like, Marnie was just trying to be happy. I know. And then he killed her. It's suck, it's sick. Did you know he killed your mother? It was just an accident. Just believe That's not his greatest fib. Someone tell me what is going on. Tell her, tell her. Someone tell me what is going on. Someone tell me what is going on. Oh, it's bad, guys. It's really bad. May I introduce you to the man who made you sick? He's poisoned all your medicine. Has he been keeping her sick? Yes. Nathan's been poisoning all of the medicine that he gives her. Why? So that he can keep her sick and dependent on him. So that she never has to go out into the real world and get hurt in a lethal way. Munchausen's by proxy. I'm not a mental health professional, but I think it's also, like, proxies usually do that kind of stuff to get attention. I think it's also that he just can't stand to lose Shiloh, too. To whatever else life throws at him. He's poisoning his own child. He's poisoning his own child. And, um... She grows up really quick. I know. She grows up, <laughs> she grows up super quick. I feel personally betrayed. I was so on his side until this moment. Roddy then chooses that moment to put a gun in her hand and say, I'll give you my billion dollar corporation if you shoot your father in front of all of these people. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Make my day. Yeah. I am not a murderer. But you show your dad's genetics. What if he passed this to you? I don't have to share his choices. Didn't you say you were infected? Didn't you? Didn't you? Shadow's like, fuck you. I'm not killing my own dad. So he just does it. Yeah, he, t- he takes... He's... <laughs> we have to turn the lights out to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it goes dark. He grabs the gun from Shiloh, quite obviously shoots him. It's quite obviously Roddy. The lights come back up, and they're all red this time. Yeah, and now she cares. I I know, I know. Now that there's a bullet in him, he's her dad. And (laughs) not a monster. Exactly. Roddy devolves into this coughing fit, and his last words... Should have made an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Should have had that He's too busy getting revenge to take care of his body, which he can do for free. You're right, you're right. Revenge ultimately killed him. Exactly. He's just standing there and he's like, when I'm gone, all of this will crumble and you'll all remember how lucky you were to have me. I love how we can only get a shot of him bending over to die. Because Paul Sorvino, for some reason, can't lay all the way down on the floor. Maybe he's got a bad knee. Because when we come back to that shot, it's a, you know that's not him. You know that's not Paul Sorvino laying down on the stage. No, I, that's a double. Of course it is. <laughs> and he's shot from he's the like, opposite. Yeah, Yo, you don't pay me enough to lay all the way down. <laughs> and then he he just dies with all of the vocalizing in the background. Uh, God, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
This song is called I Didn't Know I'd Love You So Much. There's another song? <laughs> Ross, there's a couple more, really. No! No! <laughs> Put me over! Buddy, buddy, you gotta stay. You know what? Start talking. <laughs> you gotta Start talking. Get gotta me there. Stay with me. Get, get me there. Shiloh is holding her dying father, using his last moments to make up, even though he's been poisoning her for her whole life? I don't see, no, <laughs> like, there's no redemption there. That's like a lie. I just, whatever, do you, but. <laughs> Isn't this song called Everything is Horrible? <laughs> that's how it feels, yeah. right? I didn't know I love you so much. I didn't know I love you so much. I didn't know I love you so much, but I do. And like you, you feel good that they're talking again, but it's hard to feel warm and fuzzy when they're knelt in a pool of his blood. Do you feel things? No, I mean for this, I don't feel anything. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> listen to me, listen to me. I know I'm garbage for liking this movie. You're not garbage for liking the movie, <laughs> but this movie is garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage, but I love it so much. They're just singing this power ballad, knelt in a pool of his own blood, and yes, I am feeling things. <laughs> Dad, I will not leave you here, you will live. But you already saved me, dear. Now go and change the world for me. And we, we will always have each other in our, our time of need. Daddy, you're the world to me. Everyone is still watching this, by the way, in the audience. Yeah, it's stupid. They, they haven't moved. They all think it's part of the show. They've watched two people die now. And <laughs> done nothing. Three. <laughs> We're on number three. As far as I'm concerned, the movie's over after that. Yep. <laughs> like, we're gonna, don't, uh, you're not getting out of this. We're still gonna talk about it. But, like, I turn, I usually turn the movie off at this point. Yeah. Because this last song. Because why not? This last song, Genetic Emancipation. Like, Shiloh's crying, everyone's watching, the only person she's ever had in her life is dead. It's very uncomfortable. And then, she busts into this personal rock anthem. You are mistaken for destiny, but the truth is my legacy is not up to my genes. I don't have to make my dad's choices. I can live my life in my own way, the way I want it. You're gonna have to now. Yeah, you don't got anybody else. Yeah, and maybe since you won't be poisoned anymore. And you're right. Maybe. Just like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it ends with her walking off the stage and up the aisle and out of the theater. She's like, don't fear it. Yeah. Be it. Don't <laughs> dream it. <laughs> be it. I know no one cares, but we do get a little up. We do get a small epilogue. Grave Robber just gives us some departing thoughts. Sometimes I wonder why we all don't move on. Cause we all end up in a tiny pine box. A mighty small drop in a mighty dark plot. And the mighty fine print hastens the trip to our epilogue. Epilogue! But the little girl fled, and the king is dead, and the castle is left for the taking. But Jinko may survive if it undergoes surgery. Surgery. Just keep putting that nail in, Grave Robert. <laughs> All of the existential dread. That's great. Over the credits, 
We see that Amber takes over Jeanco as CEO. She auctions off that face that fell off of her for charity. God. Luigi murders the top three bidders. He's like, no one learns anything. <laughs> no one learns anything. <laughs> Pavi buys the face, and now where's his sister's face? Is this movie over yet? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. And the last we get is Gene Co's story continues. No. <laughs> no. And no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. When I was in the Wikipedia article and I saw possible sequel. <laughs> no. You lose $8.3 million, you don't get a sequel. We're not rewarding this behavior. I hate that we get that follow up for those schmucks, but not for Shiloh. We don't figure out what happens to her. I know you don't care. I do care. It's unsatisfying because, you know, the corporation is just going to go on being evil. But I guess at least that teenager has her life back. <laughs> yes, applause. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what people normally do after shows, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, listen. I know. I know. It's a lot. It is a lot. It, the acting is not fantastic. The singing is pretty good. The story, here's the thing. This concept is so cool. It is, but <laughs> it's horrible casting. I know, I know. Gavin was telling me when we were watching it, he's like, I would like to see this remade. I would like to see it with higher quality CGI environments and different casting. Carrie, it's hard for me to think about because I wouldn't. I'd put Elle Fanning in Shiloh's role. Can she sing? I don't care. <laughs> what? No! <laughs> <laughs> we are already dealing with a mediocre singer. Is it the point to make it better? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I have to accept that my love for this is emotional and it is not based in empirical evidence. That's just, I have to accept that. That's good of you. It's no, good of you to do that for me. Nobody else has to like this movie as much as I do. It's, like, it's fine. It was a fantastic idea. I Am I from Chicago? <laughs> I don't know. It was a fantastic idea. Who did you just become? I don't know. It, it's a fantastic idea. It plays off, you know, I've said it three times now, you know, in America. If you can't afford something, fuck you. We don't care if you die in the street. Exactly. I, I'm glad that this is capitalizing on those kinds of anxieties and fears. Couple it with death and gore and goth, you know. And set it to a banging tune, Like baby. this, 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 they knew what the middle schoolers wanted. Yeah, I, I was that middle schooler. Yeah, you were. Co full cosign on that. They knew exactly what I wanted. Just for you. Yeah, just for me. Guys, we're entering a new era. September, September, um, is my birthday month, and I will be turning, oh my god, I'm gonna be turning 24. So yeah, guys, Ross is picking all the movies for the month of September. Do I tell them? Yeah, tell us what we're gonna be doing when we come back week after next. Okay, guys, we are not gonna have a regular show next week. We're gonna take a little bit of a break. We're gonna be doing a cutesy little indie film from the Great Britain that I like to watch. It's called Driving Lessons. 
<laughs> it's from 2006. It's got Rupert Grant and Julie Walters, both from the Harry Potter. <laughs> Molly and Ron Weasley. Yeah, it's Molly and Ron Weasley. This is, a, I also talked about this in top 10 female performances because I picked Laura Linney from yes. Driving Lessons. Yes, I remember. Oh God, I hate her character so much. Laura Linney does the best British accent as an American ever. So look out for that in a couple weeks, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, guys, be sharing the podcast with people you like. Please. I mean, these last couple movies have been some stinkers, but I bet you've got friends that like this niche stuff. Give us a wreck. Leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom. Gossip news, gossip news, gossip news.